The Lord be with you. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Christ is risen for us gathered here in the nave of Marsh Chapel, listening live over on the radio at WBUR 90.9 FM, or listening live over the internet at WBUR.org, or listening to the podcast later at bu.edu slash chapel. Christ is risen here in the midst of this congregation of Marsh Chapel. My name is Brother Larry Whitney. I have the privilege of serving as university chaplain for community life here at Marsh Chapel, and it is a pleasure to greet you this fine Sunday morning. We welcome to the pulpit this morning Miss Jessica Chica, our university chaplain for international students, who will be bearing the word on this fifth Sunday of Easter at the start of the final week of classes here in the spring semester of 2016 at Boston University. Let us stand as we are able in the praise of God.
Let us pray. Almighty God, whom truly to know is everlasting life, grant us so perfectly to know your Son, Jesus Christ, to be the way, the truth, and the life, that we may steadfastly follow his steps in the way that leads to eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Father, you are always present. Forgive us for not reflecting your faithfulness. Jesus, you are always self-giving. Forgive us for holding back. Holy Spirit, you always lead us forward. Forgive us for standing in one place. As the choir sings the Kyrie, we pray and confess our sins before one God in three persons. Amen. Dearly beloved, if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 11, verses 1 through 18. Now the apostles and the believers who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also accepted the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him, saying, Why did you go to uncircumcised men and eat with them? Then Peter began to explain it to them, step by step, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners, and it came close to me. As I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I replied, by no means, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time, the voice answered from heaven, what God has made clean 
you must not call profane. This happened three times. Then everything was pulled up again to heaven. At that very moment, three men sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were. The Spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. These six brothers also accompanied me and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, send to Joppa and bring Simon who is called Peter. He will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them just as it had upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could hinder God? When they heard this, they were silenced. And they praised God, saying, Then God has given even to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A lesson from the Revelation of St. John, chapter 21, verses 1 through 6. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you to read verses from Psalm 148 with the antiphon. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise the Lord in the heights. Praise the Lord, all his angels. Praise him, all his host. Praise the Lord, sun and moon. Praise the Lord, all you shining stars. Praise the Lord, you highest heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, who commanded, and they were created. Establish them forever and ever and fix their bounds which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters in all depths. Fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling God's command. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars. Wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds. Kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth young men and women alike, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, whose name alone is exalted, whose glory is above earth and heaven. God has raised up a horn for his people, praise for all his faithful, for the people of Israel who are near their God. Praise the Lord.
And now, beloved, as you're able, please rise for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of our gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John, chapter 13, verses 31 to 35. Glory to you, O Lord. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Good morning. It's a pleasure to join you again from this historic pulpit. My thanks to Dean Hill for this opportunity to speak with you again on the weekend of Earth Day 2016. It's become a tradition that I preach on a Sunday near Earth Day because of my academic interest in social and ecological ethics. I'm so thankful for the opportunity to share my passion with you today. Like some young adults who live quite a distance away from their nuclear family, I dutifully try to maintain contact with my parents on at least a weekly basis via phone call. Some weeks it's more than once a week. Some weeks go by and I realized I haven't called them in X many days. Of course, my mom still keeps up with what I'm doing by checking Facebook for my latest status updates or chatting with one of my siblings whom I've texted or messaged in the past few days. But nothing compares to talking, taking the time to sit and verbally communicate with my parents for a half hour or an hour or more. By the time we reach the end of our conversation, we say our typical goodbyes. All right, I hope you have a good week. It'll all work out. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. However, my dad almost always ends our conversations with the same two words. Take care. All right, talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care itself isn't unusual in this context. It's a common phrase to use when saying goodbye to somebody, especially somebody that's close to you. But I like to think of it as my dad's way of saying, I love you. Take care is a shortened version of take care of yourself, a directive that not only indicates that the person you're leaving or ending a conversation with wants you to be well, but also that you continue treating yourself well. It indicates that because you will not be together, the other person will not be able to physically care for you, but he or she wishes that you will carry with you the emotional care that he or she sends with you. 
Taking care of ourselves is hard, and often we must rely on others to help us do it. Or at least, we need them to remind us to take care of ourselves. A recent article I came across on 101 ways to practice self-care, linked from the website The Mighty, puts our human situation succinctly. Being a human can be messy, hard, confusing, and a painful experience sometimes. We can become so driven by outside forces like getting good grades or advancing in our workplace or earning more money that we lose sight of the need to give ourselves a break sometimes. Friends and family can often be helpful in reminding us to take care of ourselves when we need it most, to be gentle with ourselves when things don't go the way, go the way we want, to take a break when we need it. We can be pretty terrible at cutting our, ourselves some slack when we need it because we think there are standards or goals that everyone else is somehow accomplishing and we're failing to do so. Often all it will take to gain some clarity is to step away from the situation, give ourselves five, 10, 20 minutes to breathe, to hydrate, to eat, to be silent, to engage our bodies rather than our minds, or to talk to somebody who can remind us of who we are and that we have value just by being us. For example, I have a good friend who encourages her close friends to periodically, once or twice a year, to take a decadent day. She offers to help you plan your day of whatever your day of decadence might look like. You know, treating yourself to those things that you love to do and that relieve your stress, but you never really find the time to do on your own. Fans of the television show Parks and Recreation may think of this another way. Treat yourself day. You might be going to get a massage or watching Christmas videos all day while you bake cookies or going to a place that you haven't been to before because you don't have a car but she does or it could just be hanging out all day in pajamas, coloring and taking naps when you feel like it. <laughs> taking one day every once in a while to focus on what it is you really want to do and having a friend there to remind you that this day is not meant to be stressful or guilt-inducing can help you hit the pause button on the rest of your life for a little while. You should take care of yourself, and often others can be the gateway to help you recognize that. In today's gospel reading, we encounter another instance of, take, of the take care directive. Let me set the scene for you. We've traveled back before Easter, just after Jesus has washed the feet of the disciples and shared in a last meal with them. The he referred to at the beginning of the scripture, when he had gone out, is Judas, who has just departed to betray Jesus to the Roman authorities. Jesus knows that the time is coming when he must give away his life for those that he loves, and that one of those that he has loved is turning against him. Instead of focusing on the negative aspects of what is to come, Jesus turns to his disciples and issues a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. Now, this is slightly different than the older love commandment found in the book of Leviticus. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. This love is a mutual love that will strengthen the disciples in service to one another once Jesus is no longer with them. Not only will it help to strengthen their community, it will come to define their community. And Jesus knows that. Jesus serves his disciples both physically and spiritually in this one night. He washes their feet, showing them care in a way that was typically done by someone of a lower social standing. He also tells them what he has been demonstrating to them all along and will culminate 
in doing through his crucifixion, that mutual care and love for each other is God's will for them. Jesus is essentially saying, take care in this message to his disciples. He is about to leave them, but before he does, it's important to emphasize to them how they should continue on without his physical presence while he's gone. However, the take care is here is not take care of yourself, like the version we use today. Instead, it's take care of each other. Care for the other in such a way that you put the needs of the other before yourself, bringing your community closer together. But there's more to the love commandment Jesus issues. Martin Luther, upon reflecting on this passage of John, states, to love does not mean to wish someone else well, but to bear someone else's burdens. That is, to bear what is burdensome to you and what you would rather not bear. As Luther highlights, Jesus' command to the disciples is not easy or should be taken lightly. It's hard to love in the way that Christ wants us to love. So many of us don't love in that way. We don't put others' needs before our own. We fail to have empathy for those who are in difficult positions. We try to advance ourselves at all costs and neglect to see how this might impact others around us. One doesn't need to look far to see how individualism and egocentrism runs rampant in our country and even in our world. While it is important to value ourselves, we cannot do it to an extreme that excludes others to the point of oppression. Instead, Christ's love, Christ's form of taking care requires us to take on the burdens of others. We must help those who need it. Just as Jesus meets the practical needs of the disciples by washing their feet, we might meet the practical needs of our community by bringing a covered dish to share on the first Sunday of the month for our community luncheon, or by helping a new person in our community locate something as simple as the restroom. But the spiritual support that we supply for each other is also a part of this. We can be a listening ear. We can provide prayers. We can offer spaces for people to laugh or cry. Be there for moment, moments of joy and pain. Today, taking care cannot just be about being in community with other be human beings, though. If you've noticed any of the movements among Christian denominations towards environmentalism, the discussion is usually framed around the idea of creation care or caring for our earth. In fact, the denomination to which I belong, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America's social statement on environmental care is found in a document entitled Caring for Creation. In it, the ELCA states that, quote, humans in service to God have special roles on behalf of the whole creation. Made in the image of God, we are called to care for the earth as God cares for the earth. This stewardship model, which places responsibility to tend and care for God's creation on humanity, emphasizes the notion of care. We are a part of God's creation, created from the same materials as the rocks, the water, the air, and the creatures with which we share this planet. Even more than just caring for the planet that God created, we must recognize that we are in a relationship with the world around us by the very nature of our dependence upon Earth's natural systems which sustain us. Care is a verb that we can wrap our minds around when we talk about the earth. We have a sense, even if we don't actively practice it, of what care should look like. 
Care is also easier to understand or grasp than an idea of loving creation. Love has too many different connotations in English to make it clearly a clearly identified action. So in this case, when we talk about our relationship with the earth, care seems to make more sense than love. But the sentiment is very similar. Care means that we should have a consideration for another that is in relationship with us. Care means that we want what is best for the other. Care means that we claim our responsibility to a much larger network of others. Us taking care of the earth and the earth taking care of us is a mutual relationship that we share. The earth cares for us in many ways. We might automatically think of all the practical and physical utilitarian uses that we have for the earth, but we may not necessarily think of them as care initially. The oxygen we breathe is a direct result of the respiration of the trees and other plants around us. The food we eat comes from tending to the land and raising crops. The water we drink, although processed through water treatment plants, originates from the same water cycle that supplies our lakes, rivers, and streams. While we may not consider this care in the same way that we would through expressions of love from other people in our lives, we cannot exist without the essential natural goods that the earth provides for us. We are connected to the earth. These practical ways that the earth supports us should be considered as care, and we tend to take them for granted. That is, we tend to take them for granted until things go wrong. When water becomes undrinkable, like it did in Flint, Michigan, when crops are decimated by drought, like during the great drought felt on the west coast of the United States for the past few years, when our air becomes polluted by industrial practices like methane release from fracking or coal-burning power plants, we become acutely aware of the ways in which our connection with the earth is essential for our health and well-being. Even aesthetically, when nature is disrupted by human activity that destroys ecosystems and displaces other creatures, taking away its beauty, we lose the renewed sense of awe and wonder nature can give us that can inspire us to be more creative and feel more connected with others and with God. When we fail to recognize the ways in which we need to love the earth, to take care of the earth in the ways we need to for mutual support, we all lose and fail to meet God's will. If we are to truly take care of ourselves and take care of others as Christians, then we must also make sure that we expand our notion of care beyond the human community. In fact, many of the systems that create oppression and harm to other human beings are also harmful to our environment. The impacts of global warming, which is caused by caused by a global reliance on fossil fuels tend to disproportionately harm those who are most socioeconomically vulnerable. Members of developing nations, particularly women and children, face greater challenges than those of us in developed nations because we have the capital to develop technologies that will mitigate some of the effects created by this global problem. But in addition to these impacts on other human beings, we are also damaging the ecosystems that support all life on Earth and the quality of the Earth's health as well. It is important to draw out the impacts of ecological degradation on other human beings, but it is also important to remember that the Earth is the Lord and all that is in it. We are connected in a vast web of creation that reminds, finds its source in God. As we're reminded in today's psalm reading, 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his host. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise your highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He established them forever and ever. He fixed their bounds, which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from earth, you sea monsters and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling his command. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and rulers of all the earth, young men and women alike, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven. We are only a small part of the whole earth that is called to praise God, the creator and sustainer of life. Through our connection, we have a responsibility to care for the earth. We must pay attention to the ways we impact it. How often are we reusing items we possess instead of using disposable items? Do we walk or bike instead of driving to a nearby location? Have we thought about where our energy comes from and how its source may be impacting the world? These are burdensome questions to ask ourselves. And it would be easier to continue in the way we have been acting. But eventually, our actions will come back to us in a negative way and impact us. Our time to act in a caring way toward the earth is now, not at some point in the future. In the Gospel reading, we are told that followers of Christ need not state who they are because people will know them by their actions of mutual love. To be Christ's disciple is to love each other as Christ loved us. We do, not, we do this not necessarily for our own benefit, but because it benefits the other. Although we must care for ourselves, we are often reminded by others why that care is necessary and are often helped to see the ways in which care can be expressed by the care offered to us by other people. All of these ways of caring are connected to each other. Ourselves, our human community, our world, we are all interconnected and our care must be connected as well. If our earth is cared for, it will care for us. If our friends are cared for, they will care for us. If we care for ourselves, we are capable of caring for others. So like my dad, when we end our phone conversations, I will leave you with these two words. Take care. Take care of yourself because God cares about you. Take care of those around you because it helps to share your burdens with someone. Take care of the earth because we've already done so much to harm it, and it's the only one we've got. Take care. Amen.
please be seated. As we are called to prayer through the singing of Lead Me, Lord, we invite you to pray in the way that you feel will most support the prayers of this congregation. Stand or kneel at the altar rail, raise your hand in your place, respond in your first language, however the Spirit moves you this morning. I will set the intention, and then I will say, in your grace, if you would please respond, hear our prayer. Beloved, we are called to prayer with God and with one another. You who are one, you who are three, one God in holy community. We who are created in your image are glad and grateful for your presence with us as source of all life and Christ and spirit, for your encouragement by your gifts and fruits in our lives, for your empowerment to grow in love and to choose the good. In your grace of invitation and inclusion, we pray. For ourselves, as individuals, and for the communities of which we are a part. For our particular ministries in the world. For our ministry in and through Marsh Chapel and the Office of Religious Life. For the work of all the church. In your grace, Hear our prayer. With and for our cousins and neighbors in faith traditions not our own, and with and for all people of goodwill, for the works of blessing, courage, and peace in and through us all for the life of the world. In your grace, hear our prayer. For the nations and peoples of the world, for the leaders amongst them, and for the ways of peace amongst us all. In your grace, hear our prayer. For the health of creation, for our earth and air and water, for our companion animals, birds, insects, and plants. In your grace, Hear our prayer. For those who disagree with us, 
and those who wish us harm, and for all those who we ourselves have injured or offended. In your grace, hear our prayer. For those individuals and communities who face particular challenges of mind, body, spirit. In your grace, hear our prayer. For those who have died, for their family and friends, for your will fulfilled in them, and for our sharing with all your saints in the life to come. In your grace, hear our prayer. For the celebrations, milestones, and joys of our human life, in your grace, hear our prayer. In all these things we pray in trust, as you pray with us in your compassion too deep for words. And let us all say, Amen. Amen. And continuing in our prayer together, beloved, as our Lord Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. It's a delight to be in worship together with you, whether you're here in person, listening over the radio, or joining us later via the podcast. A few announcements from our community this morning. 
First, any children are invited to join us for children's ministry. Um, very shortly, simply follow Miss Jamie Dingus out um, for a moment of prayer, education, and a craft um, during the last hymn. Um, second of all, um, if you also need to treat yourself as, a, as a, from our sermon, we invite you to join uh, Ms. Jessica Chica with the Global Stress Relief Day next Saturday. There will be tea, henna, meditation, yoga, and best of all, massage. I hear there are two times as many massage therapists um, come early to sign up the day of as well. That's next Saturday, anytime from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on the lower level here of the chapel. Once you're refreshed and renewed, we invite you to prepare for finals, those students among us, and join our study retreat um, next Sunday, beginning at 8.30 a.m. Please contact Brother Larry. Um, his email info is in the, the bulletin um, to sign up for the study retreat. And it looks like we have an announcement from Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett um, about music. Uh, good morning, everyone. It's a pleasure to see you. It's my, um, I'd like to invite you to uh, a final recital this coming Tuesday. It's April 26th, and it's a noontime recital, 12.15 p.m. And it's not at Marsh Chapel, but at King's Chapel uh, near Downtown Crossing. And this is part of their weekly recital series. Music at Marsh Chapel has presented there twice this year. This is the second of those two times. I'm very happy that Emily Marvash, who's sitting with you in the, in the nave today, and DJ Matsko will sing uh, a song cycle with the Arnaeus String Quartet, a song cycle by composer James Kallenbach. If you were here Good Friday, you heard um, our, our commissioned work in the premiere of James's piece, Most Sacred Body. This is a song cycle James wrote that uh, sets seven letters by John and Abigail Adams. It's a fantastic cycle, and we've had a little primer of it, a little preview uh, a couple of weeks ago, but very happy to invite you at uh, 1215 this Tuesday at King's Chapel. It's free. I encourage you to come. It lasts about 30 minutes. Thanks, Scott. For all other upcoming events and activities, we invite you to check out our website, bu.edu chapel, where there's also the opportunity for online giving. As the ushers now come forward to wait upon us, let us remember that it is a joy and a discipline to be a giver. Let us bring forward together our tithes and offerings for God.
We give you thanks, O God, this day for life and work and peace. Bless these gifts and those who have given them to the work of ministry in this place and throughout the world. Amen. Jesus said, I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Go out from this place and take care. 